With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply step into the world of power loyalty and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. That's it. There's a new member of the Final Four Club, and they hail from Lubbock, Texas. Celebrating in the streets in Lubbock. Wow. Because Texas Tech Monday night will be playing for the national championship. Welcome one, welcome all to the Tortillas and Tags podcast, part of the 1012 Network. You are on once again with your boy, I'll be sure. And we had a Liberty Ball game to end all curses, to end any bad transgressions that you may have going on in your life. The game that was played in Memphis, Tennessee, ended all of that. And so because of that, the gang's all here. That includes my producer extraordinaire, Dylan Smythe. What is up, Dill? Feels like 2015 up in here. We got a, a winning Texas Tech Red Raider football team. Damn right. Damn right. And so because of that, since we're all winners here, we got to bring in the supreme winner that is Jeremy Gillen. What's up, dude? Yo. Feels like 2013 in here, Dylan, where we had won a bowl game. <laughs> uh, no, happy to be here. Coming off my COVID kick, just uh, wanted to be a part of the club. You know me, I, I have big FOMO, so heard everybody was getting sick over the holidays. Decided, you know what? I'd love to skip time at home, and I, I'm just going to get sick too and and uh, just survive. Uh, but happy to come out of that and happy to see Texas Tech pick, Texas Tech pick up a massive win over the uh, penultimate, the best, the infathomable SEC <laughs> well, I mean, they just they just didn't care, right? Is in that what? Actually, you know what? If there's one team that cannot say they didn't care about this game, it is Mississippi State versus Texas Tech, right? Their head coach Mike Leach spent two weeks doing nothing but talking crap about about Tech administration. Now, I, I don't they wouldn't necessarily say he want to talk crap about Texas Tech, but he definitely talked crap about Texas Tech administration. Wanted to rehash everything from 2010. Wanted to bring it all back up, right? The storyline was already there, but he wanted to put a spotlight on it. He brought up sexual assault allegations. He brought up a bunch of stuff that nobody had ever heard of. 
Um, basically, some damning accusations that like you better have some proof on it. You better have somebody else investigating it. And he just whimsically put it out there. And then he got stomped. It was oh so so sweet. How how gratifying was that for you, Dylan? You know, uh, we recorded the preview podcast before Mike Leach went on his like Texas Tech slander rant, and uh, you know that kind of changed my feelings um, towards him in this game, at least. And so it, it got me a little fired up about beating the pirate, and uh, I loved I loved Sonny Cumbie's little. I guess we beat the pirate at the end at the at the end of the game in the post game conference. Uh, to, to do what they did against this team, how they did it, super impressive. A lot of credit to Sonny Cumbie for coming back and coaching one more game. Well, and that I think Sonny Cumbie is the epitome of, or kind of how all Tech fans feel, right? Because I mean, let's face it, Mike Leach is his mentor, Mike Leach is, or one of his mentors, right? That's that's his that's the guy that he coached under. That's the guy that he, of course, played for. And so they obviously, and you saw that elongated hug at the end of the game. So he obviously still has some some f- positive feelings toward Coach Leach. But at the same time, you over here talking crap about the school, about the squad, right? About the people that are currently still paying Sonny Cumbie. And so he obviously felt the type of way. And I think, I do think this is the type of game that all Red Raider fans that still had a soft place in their heart for Mike Leach, that still supported Mike Leach outside of this Tech game, I think he really turned a lot of them off. I think now the part of the fan base that is still very pro Mike Leach has really dwindled after everything that he's done the last two weeks. And then with this emphatic win, Jeremy, I don't know if you agree or not. Yeah, uh, 100%. I think something that was kind of like building underneath the surface was this division in the fan base uh, that's been there, you know, since the riff happened. Uh, But coming to fruition with like, I don't, I think that they're just kind of like white knight image of Mike Leach just kind of fell apart as he kind of drugged Texas Tech's administration and all that through the mud for, you know, the couple of weeks leading up to this game. And especially, uh, you know, the presser right before, um, just like, oh, you know, I'm not going to mention anybody by name. Well, you know, now that I kind of thought about it for half a second, (laughs) I mean, not even 30 seconds later, just start, you know, and I understand there's a lot of dynamics to this. There's a lot of depth to it. There's a lot of, uh, I understand why he'd be upset. Now, there's a professionalism you can have and be upset, but it's Mike Leach and he's not going to do that. And so I think that man is not professional. That man (laughs) ran his mouth and he ran it hard. I think uh, BJ Simmons was tweeting about it a lot uh, during the game about how much he ran his mouth. uh, Spent too much time running his mouth and not enough time getting his team ready. Um, But that was just kind of the vibe the whole game. I, I came into this game with a lot of excitement and a lot of expectation for Mississippi State to put, they've had a really up and down season two. Uh, but this is, and I think the announcers talked about it, this is a team that could have easily had nine wins. They could have been sitting right there uh, looking for their 10th win of the season. Uh, there was a lot of weird calls throughout the season. There was a lot of just missed opportunities. But this is a team that has come back from multiple, like, multiple touchdown deficits this season. So for me, us getting ahead, it was like never comfortable because I've we've all seen this team. We've all seen this team do it. Um and knowing that Mississippi State had the arsenal, I mean, uh, Will Rogers is no slouch of a quarterback. Their their offensive players are no like their their star players are no slouches. And so there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of excitement with how we maintained momentum. I think this was like the best game Texas Tech played all year. Oh, I, without a doubt. And I've been trying to think about the last time we played a complete game like this and it I, i'd have to reach back i don't want to say all the way back to the 2013 game against cal um 
but there hasn't been too many like that in between the two, right? Um, so for Jeremy, you were on the preview pod. For you, this is kind of an interesting game. I know you're a Red Raider through and through, but you also did some schooling out in Mississippi State. Uh, you know, was it? A, it was kind of a weird <laughs> game for you. <laughs> I was keeping. I was keeping in close touch with a lot of friends I have back over there who uh, were pretty convinced this was going to be quite the walk in the park for the Bulldogs. Um, despite all the injuries, despite all of the question marks and uh, at this uh, this Bulldogs team, um, yeah, man, what a sweet victory! Because in the back of my mind, it was very much, ah, yeah, you know, I, I love that we're faced against each other, but. You know, it could, it could be pretty bad. Uh, I don't I want to run my mouth until the fourth quarter. Yeah. And I was like, well. Well, also shout out to friend of the pod, Cam Crawford, who also uh, is a Mississippi State and Texas Tech fan. Um, forgot to give him a shout out in the previous. I definitely will now. But uh, it's, a win it's way. funny that you say that, though, because I believe it was Jalen Hutchins uh, that actually also said that the Mississippi State team themselves are running their mouth. I mean, during bowl week. It's interesting because, you know, both teams are in the same proximity throughout the week. It's, it's kind of – that's what's kind of weird about this. You, you fly out to Memphis about a week before the game starts. You're doing your bowl prep, bowl practice. Uh, some bowls – I don't know if, Memphis, uh, if the Liberty Bowl did this. but Or actually, no, I'm sure they did. But a lot of the times, bowls will have, like, events that both teams are at. So you're talking to the other team during the game, which is why – I've always – I've never thought it was the best idea because it's why you see a, a little bit extra chippiness during the game because these guys have been talking to each other through the whole week. But apparently – Mississippi State guys told our players that ah, we're gonna beat you anyway because we're the SEC, baby. This is this is what we do. SEC, we we run this, and the SEC is now zero and four in bowl games so far. Uh, Jeremy or D- Dylan, did you did you see did the SEC impress you? I mean, so far not quite. Um, I, I think something to be said is what well, we won what really made the difference in this game was like the battle in the trenches and, and they were pretty banged up in the trenches on both sides and, and it showed in this game. So I, I don't know if they knew they were at all those players who weren't talking all that mess or maybe they didn't know, but they shouldn't have because it clearly at least motivated this team a little bit as if Texas tech needed any more motivation going into this game. We, we got yeah. some more. So Deuce McAllister who got, please, ESPN, stop putting retired running backs on our broadcasts, please. I beg of you. <laughs> but uh, he was saying that he in the first quarter, he questioned whether Texas Tech would be up for the game. And I, I like, why would we not? <laughs> Most of the players on this team has never been to a bowl game for Texas Tech. Actually, I believe all of them have never been to a bowl game for Texas Tech. Uh, this is these coaches' last hurrah with these players. This is these players' last hurrah with these coaches, right? Like, this is, if anything, Tech is the main school that would be very up for this ma- battle, and, and it showed. Uh, so I do want to go through the game itself, right? So first things first, first drive of the game, we march down 7-0, Todd Brooks, easy touchdown, uh, next drive, we march down again, kick a field goal. Could have easily been another touchdown, but it's 10 to 0. Um, and and we're, we're feeling good, but still a little tentative. I mean, that first, let's talk a little bit about that first quarter, Jeremy, and how you were feeling. Um, like I said, this was, the, this was the moment where there's a lot of undowns on both sides for, bo- for both teams. And so the fact that we came out and ran the ball against an SEC defense, which just, I mean, thematically, if we're talking about it, you don't expect. You, that's just like the storyline is not how the Big 12 is going to run it up on the SEC 
on the ground. Um, and Mississippi State also has not given up a lot of rushing yards this season. Now, when we came out and you see Roger Thompson and Taj Brooks tearing up the defensive, like going through the, the gaps, looked like they were non-existent. Uh, the, the linemen were non-existent for Mississippi State in that first drive. And Cumbie did the thing that we talked about, what the best thing Cumbie has done in his tenure uh, at TCU especially is like, oh, is that working? Okay. Again and again and again and again. And then suddenly you put down this multi-run capped off by uh, you know, 75 yards of mostly running uh, for, to get you ahead of Mississippi State early on, which is a really big get. Um, and then just to think that uh, – uh, just to think that <clears> – trying to hold back all these coughs um, – that we didn't abandon the run game. That I think that that set the the tone. You're talking about the tone of being ready for this game is that we were we were set in the run game and we kept to it. Now we got a little a little bit more periodic with it throughout the rest of the game as Mississippi State started to get crunched down on that with a lot more. I mean, they started to blitz a lot more, which was if they didn't stop that, this game would have been completely different. But the blitzing made a big difference. But um, being able to have that versatility of the run game is what made this Texas. This is what really swung at Texas Tech's way early on. Yeah, 252, or sorry, 192 rushing yards in the first half alone, right? Like that was, we absolutely in the first half just ran it down their throats. But but Dylan, they're in the second quarter. Mississippi State scores a touchdown. It's 13-7 to at halftime. I don't know about y'all, but I was not feeling good. If you'd have asked me, you put a microphone to my face at halftime whether Tech's going to win this game. Though we're winning... Though we still have the momentum, we're winning the time of possession. We have the yard uh, 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 favorability there. I am saying, nah, fam, it ain't looking too good. Dylan, what were your thoughts at halftime? Uh, You know, I I thought I I was feeling pretty good. I felt pretty good because, like Jeremy said, we had established the run early. There's a point in time in the second half where we were averaging like nine yards a carry. Now... Uh, Albert, you and I both talked about this in the preview podcast, like the temptation to make this a shootout. It was clear from the beginning, Sonny Cumbie wanted nothing to do with the shootout. And we both recognized if we got in a shootout, we would likely lose this game. And so credit to Sonny Cumbie for running the football and and sticking to it. And that's why I felt good going into halftime because it felt like we were dictating the game at halftime. We were dictating the game. We had held Will Rogers in this prolific offense to hardly anything at halftime. You know, one touchdown. Um so I was feeling pretty good at halftime. I was not. I'm not going to lie to you. I, I thought I, at, at halftime, this is my thought. At halftime is eventually Will Rogers and Mike Leach's offense is going to explode. And we, we missed out some a few opportunities in the second quarter where we could have. Donovan Smith was still very shaky throwing the ball, in the first, in, especially in the second quarter. And so, I, I, I man, at halftime, I'm thinking, ah, you know, I don't – eventually, like, the, the – the, the glass slipper is going to fall off. Midnight is going to ring, and it's it's just not going to be our time. I've seen this movie too many times. Uh, but to Texas Tech's credit, Sonny Cumbie's credit, um, though Mississippi State even got the ball at the start of the second half, they the defense held it down. To Keith Patterson's credit, uh, you mean. <laughs> yes. The, yeah, no, seriously. Yeah, the defense absolutely held it down. And basically, it was funny. I think the defense set up the offense. I think the defense was so good in this game going into the second half that eventually it was up the way around. Eventually, the offense and Donovan Smith and the passing game caught up to the rest of the team. And uh, it, it was it was incredible. I mean, Jer- hey, Jeremy, Keith Pat- you've been singing the crazy pages of Keith Patterson all year. This is your boy. 
This your boy defense. This is your this is your side. I mean, what do you start, think? Start started played? doing some stunts. Started doing some more blitzing this game. Golly, <laughs> don't don't abandon your pedagogy just because you put the double T on your jacket. Um, man, Keith Patterson. I will say. Real quick, before you continue, I will say this. One thing that, Dylan, you and I didn't think of in the preview pod. So I've mentioned all year that the pass defense is bad because the there's no pass rush. The secondary is not as bad as the pass defense that say they are. The secondary is fine. And one thing we didn't think about is that Mississippi State gets the ball out quickly. And, yes, that's a good thing for usually, but against a team that actually has a decent secondary – has an actual decent back eight that just doesn't want to rush the ball or doesn't want to rush defenders, you're kind of playing into our hands. And I think a lot of that ended up happening in this game in that we didn't really, because we didn't really get, still didn't get a big rush on Will Rogers until the end of the third quarter. But it was, there were so many quick passes that Tech was like, oh, thank you. Mm-hmm. We're, we're right here anyway. Mm-hmm. So, sorry, continue, Dan. It was, the, I mean, it's the perfect storm. You have, uh, you have a very weaned out offensive line for Mississippi State. And that's a really good point. We have great defensive backs. It's hard for anybody to defend a receiver for 10 seconds, which we have done a lot all season. Um, So being able to apply pressure to Will Rogers, having Mississippi State really run a quick offensive scheme as they do, which has been supreme for them at multiple times throughout the season, it just caught up to them in this game. Because we have good, like in that first 10 yards, Money like our, our our man defense is tremendous. Even the zone defense is fine, um, but Keith Patterson, I mean, best game he's called all season because of. I mean, there's there's two teams this year that's kept Mississippi State under ten points. It's Texas Tech and Alabama, and uh, same. I same. mean, it's Maybe, they're interchangeable. Know. Crimson, yeah, Crimson I mean, Tide, absolutely. Scarlet. It's all the same. Um, I don't see red that well anyway, so what's it matter? But the point is is that like holding Mississippi State to seven points, I mean, you're holding Will Rogers to a touchdown, and that was a great touchdown throughout four quarters of football. That's really hard to do. So Keith Patterson found the weakness in this team, and it was like Keith Patterson had Mississippi State's playbook. It, it felt like the whole game that Will Rogers could not establish any kind of momentum because there was somebody like breathing down his neck. There was somebody spying out his play. Like they'd done a number of screenplays where we already had a defensive back or Colin Schooler was out there right on the receiver. I mean, that's like I don't know. I don't know how better to say it. It was the best. It was the best defensive performance we've had all season for so many reasons. Probably Colin Schooler's best game as a uh, pass defender. Oh, yeah. Right? Like, his o- only weakness he's really had all season is that he's – and it's not really a weakness for an inside linebacker, but <laughs> he can kind of get caught in a running back wheel route and kind of get caught against some of the tight ends. But in this game, he actually played really well. Did a really good job of defending when they went out and out for passes. You can see they targeted him a couple times while Rodgers wasn't able to get it to him. Uh, speak a little bit about the defense, Dylan. Uh, yeah, Jeremy, Jeremy kind of buried the lead, but to hold this team to seven points is is incredible. For And to hold Will Rogers to just a couple hundred yards, incredible. Uh, I, I don't know if I want to give necessarily Keith Patterson all the credit. I think the defensive line just gets a lot of credit because it didn't seem like we were necessarily bringing more people. It just seemed like our pass rush was getting there. And uh, I know Mississippi was out a few offensive linemen, but for – for those guys to just go out and, and cause have wreak havoc in the second half was super impressive. And then uh, a couple guys in the back end, Eric Monroe made that interception. Incredible. 
big momentum swing interception that kind of felt like it almost sealed the deal for Texas Tech. And to Adrian Taylor had three PBUs and two of them, it felt like they were they were so close to interceptions. Um, to Adrian something. Taylor, he, he's <laughs> the defensive player of the year in 2022. Let's just wrap it up now. He's that man. Let me okay. So we talked about this pre-pod, and we'll have a we'll have a end of the year recap episode for you. Uh, but in that, I want to talk about way too early predictions. I'm going I'm to go out and say my way too early prediction right now. De'Adrian Taylor Demerson will be first team all Big 12 in 2022. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and say it. I think he's that going to have that like, Adrian front got, season. Uh, oh, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Hopefully not. No, no, no. Adrian the first one. season was his freshman That's year. That's what I mean. Okay, he's going to have one of those seasons. <laughs> oh, okay, I was hoping more of a Zach McPherson season. But yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair. Either way, either way. <laughs> accolades hey if he's the best player on our defense next year i hope to god he's first team all big 12 (laughs) absolutely absolutely but no you're you're right dylan a lot of those players are really just getting up in mississippi state's grill uh you know like mississippi state couldn't even cook out there well but uh let's not let's not let's not not sing the praises of coach Derek jones who's making his way to virginia tech one of the best defensive back coaches to do it just really i mean his guy showed out this game all across the board. So, Jeremy, I had a absolutely fantastic transition to. This I, I couldn't let you do it. You completely. I couldn't blown let up. you do it. You've completely blown up. It was like my best transition. I've Coach ever Jones of. is worth it. Uh, and well, well, <laughs> ah, Lord Jesus, this is uh, this is why we kicked you off the preview pod. That and you were uh, sick Dang with it, Buy some t-shirts, people. <laughs> no, this one's for Gridiron Metalworks. Gridiron Metalworks. Oh. Uh, promo code takes 12 T-A-K-E-S-1-2 uh, get you some nice uh, metal home goods for the grill and patio I know Christmas is over you know but you can get you can still cook summer some is coming stuff. listen we're in listen no here's the thing we're in Texas alright I'm right now in Houston it is still hot it is warm okay I sweated my butt off going for a walk earlier today right it is very warm down here so that means that it's grill season year round people and this is the best time to get it make sure you get something good for yourself as well 15% off using the promo code takes 12 and you, get, you can still get yourself some Texas Tech swag in there as well so again promo code T-A-K-E-S 1-2 but Jeremy is absolutely right I really and, and I, I I want to talk about all the coaches to be honest um, and I want to talk about the, the, the really the team in general like only two teams in the country have not had anybody enter the transfer portal. And that's Georgia, who was the number one team in the country for most of the year. And Texas Tech, who went through a coaching change. Two of their other assistant coaches have now gotten head coaching jobs elsewhere. And yet nobody's entered the transfer portal. All the old coaches stayed while the new coaching staff was getting hired. It, only one coach is staying. Like Emmett, jo- or, uh, uh, Emmett Smith is the only... Uh, Hold on, pause. Not Emmett Smith. Um, uh, uh, DeAndre Smith. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, edit, edit season. Uh, DeAndre Smith is the only coach that's staying. So the fact that all these coaches stayed, all these players stayed for a six and six football team is like, it's unheard of. It's absolutely amazing. Uh, we, we've seen some insight. These, these players, man, they they absolutely have loved this season. Something about this season has been really magical uh, for both the players and the coaches. You saw the passion on the sideline. You saw when Donovan Smith got thrown to the ground, the old lineman sticking up for him, ready to, ready to fight the entire Mississippi State defense. You saw when... 
Forbes, a corner from Mississippi State who wanted to fight with everybody, every other play, got into and shoved one of the coaches on the sideline and how the whole team was ready to whoop his, you know, you know what? I like, they, this team is so together. I don't know the last time I've seen it. And this is 6 and 16. This ain't like some like magical, you know, this ain't 08, right? Magical Texas. This is a 6 and 16, yet there's such togetherness with both the players and the coaches. The fact that all these coaches that got jobs elsewhere, you talked about, uh, uh, Coach Jones and how he how he has a new job over Virginia Tech. And we've talked about Sonny Cumbie. He's going to be the head coach of Louisiana Tech. Uh, Keith Patterson is going to be the head coach at Abilene Christian. Like, all these coaches have other jobs. Hell, I, you know, it wouldn't surprise me Matt Wells is back in there, you know, trying to help out too. Like, all these coaches have other jobs, but yet they've, they've stuck around for the players and the players have stuck around for the coaches. Um, and it's it, it has been absolutely a sight to behold all in all. Uh, Dylan, I don't know if you, want, you have anything else to add to that. You know, I, I just hope Sonny Cumbie becomes the pioneer of coaches that stay to coach bowl games despite having other jobs. Because it felt like that really wasn't a thing until this season. And Sonny Cumbie was probably one of the first to do it. Yeah, uh, he's the passion he has for Texas Tech. I'm, and I was saying this pre pod, like, I've been on the Kitley train for a long time. I'm glad Kitley is our OC, but it, I'm going to miss me some Sonny Cumbie. I am absolutely going absolutely gonna to miss it. I, the Pump Jack's here to stay, and he brought it here, and that's going to be his legacy forever, right? Like, we're going to be 50 years old telling our kids about, um, you know, the how the Pump Jack back in 2021. You don't know nothing about this, youngster, right? And it's going to be because of Sonny Cumbie. So, uh, you know, shouts to him, absolutely. But I do want to give credit to some of the players that balled out in this game. You kind of already talked about a few of them. One guy you have not talked about. Tyree Wilson, <laughs> Jeremy's boy, Jeremy's boy, Tyree Wilson. Jeremy, I will let you know what I'm going to shut up. I will let you sing the praises of Tyree Wilson. Hey man, that that oh, the A and M transfer. Everybody was ah, who is this guy? Who is this guy? Why is he transferring? All the questions that come in, man. Let me tell you something. Tyree Wilson over the course of this season has battled his way into a consistent starting position. Has battled his way into a consistent, into consistently putting pressure on an offensive line. I mean, only 25 tackles on the year, but a lot of those are coming towards the end of the season here. He's had seven sacks, and a lot of those come towards the end of the season here. Two of them, right? It was two last game. Would it be? Yep, just two. The two. Yeah, two back to back. Two back to back, back to back, and that was that was the nail in the coffin for Mississippi State. It was a nail. I mean, it, there was a nail in the coffin much earlier, but like that was Tyree Wilson is taking the coffin. He's already dug it up with the other hand. He's tossed you in there. You're done. Mississippi State, it's over. Get on the bus. Honestly, you know, you know when I thought the game and, – and the game wasn't over at that point. It was only a 13-point game at that point. But that, that was when I was like, you know, Tech's probably winning this game because yeah. it seemed like Mississippi State was kind of throwing in the towel was when they went for that fourth and 16 in the third quarter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, what was that? That seemed like a – desperation like if we don't get this here we're going to lose this game when they didn't get it to me like obviously this is texas tech so anything can happen right so i I definitely i definitely didn't hell we were up through three minutes and 13 seconds to go up by 15 and we lost the game okay and i don't think (laughs) so anything can happen but to me that was kind of mississippi state throwing in the towel kind of mississippi state saying you know what we ain't got nothing for y'all we we can't stop y'all on offense defense and we can't put up points on offense this is it and that was really when I let out a sigh of relief. And that was the first time I found I could actually celebrate a potential Texas Tech victory and not feel the anxiety of an impending loss. Honestly. Was that fourth and sixteen? So thanks, Leach. 
<laughs> I appreciate thanks, it. Thanks, Leach. Thanks, Tyree thanks, Wilson. Thanks a lot, pal. Anyway, so <laughs> going forward, Tyree Wilson is going to be the leader of this defensive line next year. I think he's really stepped into a role of aggressiveness and like doesn't doesn't get a lot of penalties. Uh, really kind of a uh, well-balanced player on the field, like really level-headed. But man, I mean, he was bullying Mississippi State's backup linemen. Like, <laughs> like those guys do not want to be out there anymore. Not with Tyree Wilson on the other side. Anyways, tremendous performance. I'm glad to see him. F- I'm glad to see him ball out in the bowl game and to have commentators go, oh man, they just can't stop this guy. Because I know that he he took a really big chance leaving AM, coming to Texas Tech and, and uh, you know, assimilating into this defensive scheme. I'm tired of being out here, Grandpa. <laughs> That's too damn bad. <laughs> Absolutely. Anybody want to give other kudos to Dylan? We've kind of talked about a lot of people. No? No shouts to the O-line? Uh, no, I was just to say, it was, we, we have to mention him calling Schooler at least once. You know, we knew it was going to happen all over the place, as usual. Two tackles for a loss, a sack, led the team in tackles. Yeah, that guy. Um, and then... If we flip it back to the offense, J.J. Sparkman, that catch was, ooh. And also the throw by Donovan Smith to put it right up in the corner where it was either J.J.'s going to go get it or it's sailing out of the back of the end zone. But uh, credit to J.J. for going and getting it. So before we go to the player of the game, because he's one of the last people I want to talk about, um, I want to get to everybody else before I talk about Donovan Smith. <laughs> we have to talk. I mean, it's, it's Before we get to the player of the game, which is Donovan Smith. <laughs> yeah, uh, like yeah, I know we usually talk about you know who's the offensive defense. Now, like let's let's stop all that. We know who the player of the game is. Um, but before we get to that, I do want to do do give a couple shout outs. One, Demarcus Fields. Uh, he is going to be a guy that is going to be preparing for the NFL draft. I'm not going to lie to you. I have no idea whether he'll get drafted or not. I do think he'll get picked up either way. Uh, but he had a great last game. Mm-hmm. Absolutely fantastic last game for the Red Raiders. Uh, o line played well. Dawson Deaton just announced that he's going to be entering his name into the NFL draft. He also played a really good game. Really la- like this is the great thing about bowl games is this is like your last chance to put stuff on film and everybody put something great on film, which is absolutely fantastic. Um, uh, Dalton Rigdon played his last game. He was cool. Uh, <laughs> Josh Berger, <laughs> Josh Berger also his last game. Like there's a bunch of people that I want to shout out that we haven't got to yet. You talked about Eric Monroe's interception fitting, fitting, Last play we see from Eric Monroe. Travis Coons had a good game. Like just great games throughout. Kalen Geiger, fantastic game himself. So I just there were so many guys that went out and showed out. Adrian Fry also a decent game. Rico Jeffers had a really good game in this one. Um, and so just you know shout out to all these players that played great uh, for Texas Tech. Just this team. I, I, I compare this team so much to. I said it pre pod. It reminded me of the 2015-2016 Texas Tech basketball team. That was the last year Tubby Smith was the head coach. We went to the NCAA tournament for the first time since, I believe that was the first time since Bob Knight. Excuse me. That was the first time since Bob Knight. Uh, So similar to us going to a bowl game for the first time in forever. That team was able to experience something they hadn't together. And that team was so tight-knit, right? And so there's a lot of similarities with that. Right. They were able to kind of have a launching pad with a new head coach and go to heights we hadn't seen before. And so just just this I, something special about this team. Same feeling I had about that 2016 basketball team. So I'm very excited about them. So. Let's talk about that boy, Donovan Smith. Donovan Smith in this game, uh, 15 for 28, 252 yards, 
five carries for 30 yards, two touchdowns total. Really didn't – I talked about his inconsistency in the first half. That went away in the second. Second half, he was slanging it. Absolutely fantastic. Showed the potential that he had. Uh, reminded me – oh, man, I'm you know, kind of a little bit like, you know, Patty. Patty's last few games, his freshman year, before he had his launching board. You know, I'm just going to throw that out there. Uh, do what you will with that. But, um, <laughs> Dylan, what do you think about Donovan Smith's play in this game overall? Yeah, I'm not going to make any Patrick Mahomes comparisons just yet, but uh, you, you, have to be, you have to be really impressed with what you saw with Donovan Smith. I mean, nine yards per attempt. He, he threw the ball downfield, something we haven't seen all season. He was throwing the ball downfield. I think of that drive in the third quarter. He's in his own end zone, and he throws a strike to Travis Kuntz. And then the next, very next play, he throws a 55-yard bomb to Jaron Bradley. That was uh, that drive was was what showed me that Donovan Smith could really do it all because you know he started out as a you know a gadget run threat in the beginning of the season. You slowly started him to start to see him pass the ball a little better. This is a night where you saw him really spread the ball around to his receivers, take deep shots, take what's given to him underneath. You kind of saw a complete game from Donovan Smith. And for all those people out there in the second quarter, there was some Texas tech fans obsessed obsession with Baron Morton. Oh my God. Oh Lord Jesus. Yeah, I think we can give it a rest now. Donovan Smith is our guy. I don't, I don't think they will. Um, <laughs> Jeremy, what did you think about Donovan Smith's performance? Man. So early in the first quarter, and we were talking about earlier about, you know, it felt kind of, you know, you, you couldn't get comfortable in this game. And I'm with you, Albie. At the half, I was like, I have no idea how this is going to go. Um, but there's there's a point in the first quarter, about the two-minute mark. Um, not the two-minute mark. 13-minute mark. It was early. Like, it was in our third uh, our third drive where Mississippi State gets a sack on Donovan Smith. And this is kind of where I felt, okay, Mississippi State started to get a little bit more momentum. Our offensive line's not going to hold up against their rush game, against the blitzings that they're doing. Uh, we're screwed. Like Donovan Smith's gonna have a hard time. We've seen him as he gets pressure applied to him, his his percentages go down. Everything goes down. He's a freshman, you know. He's settling in. Also, this is a bowl game. Those those cowbells are annoying. Um, since then, since that sack, <coughs> not touched again. I mean, he gets out. He's able, like, he settles in. It's almost like it rocks him. The offensive line steps up in a really big way. But it's almost like from that sack, he kind of starts to settle into his. And the rest of the first and second quarter, it's a lot of just give and take. A lot of, like, I'm trying to, you know, we're trying to push it this way. It's not really working. Trying to push it this way. Uh, and, you know, we end up just getting the the, the one touchdown and two field goals. When he comes out in the, that second quarter, yeah, the first the first drives, the three plays, uh, and we is incomplete, incomplete. So then it kind of feels uneasy. That next drive, where uh, we have the the fifty two yard to Duran Bradley that should have been a touchdown, but it wasn't. Um, and then he runs it in, like this was the moment. Like for for me, Donovan Smith all season has is exemplified. As he gets momentum, he becomes harder to stop. He's like, as he starts to get a little bit more of that confidence, a little bit more of that confidence, he stands up a little bit straighter. And then at, at a certain point, he, he he is that 6'5", 200, whatever, 40, 30-pound uh, quarterback who can do what he wants. And that's the that's the Donovan Smith we saw going into the third, especially in that uh, the exchange of the third and the fourth quarter. And Tech's offense was unstoppable. Like he he could do what he want, and it is de- direct. Like that that last that last play that he had with uh, oh uh, 
Sparkman in the in the end zone, where it's the improvisation. Like he he was so calm getting out of the pocket, moving up, knowing where the line of scrimmage was, and then tossing it at the perfect place for Sparkman to go up and get that ball or not. Like that is the that is the when we're talking about okay, what's the potential of Donovan Smith? What's the potential of Donovan Smith? Uh and a lot of people like to use that as like a derogatory, like, oh, he's got a lot of potential. That's about it. But like you can see where Donovan Smith can play. And if you can get a quarterback quarterback like that who's six five 220 220-something pounds who has that physical dominance in the pocket and out on the field, that is a dangerous quarterback to have in a system led by Zach Kitley. So this game is exciting for me going forward with a lot of the question marks we have in the quarterback room. Yeah, Shuck is coming back, but if Donovan Smith settles in and uses the momentum from this bowl game and then uses this offseason with a new staff, with new strength and conditioning coaches, with a lot of people who are like, hey, I don't know either of you guys. Let's figure out who you are. Donovan Smith has everything ahead of him. He's got the youth. He's got he's got a lot of skill in every aspect of the game. If he hones these in, it can be a really troublesome like QB one spot for Shuck to say, oh, that's mine because I stayed. Yeah, no, I think it's going to be complete. And we'll talk about it in the next episode, but I think it's going to be absolutely complete. Full-on quarterback battle between Smith and Shuck and, and Morton. Um, but uh, I, I think I do think that he showed we kind of saw a little bit of good and bad Donovan Smith, but the good far outweighed the bad. And, and you're right. He's a, he's a freshman, right? He's what, 19, 20 years old? Like he it, it, he needed time to settle in. And we've seen it in Oklahoma State and Baylor games where he wasn't necessarily settled at times and made some freshman mistakes. He's inconsistent at this point. But when he's when he is comfortable, when he is confident and when he's settled in. Dude, one of the he is as good as they come, uh, and the man is he's massive, he's massive. I was looking up his recruiting profile. The dude has put on forty pounds since he got to college in two years. Forty pounds of muscle in two years, and he grew an inch. Uh, six five two, like the dude is huge, um, but not too big like the Nevada quarterback who's like freaking Andre the Giant. So, um, but uh, anything else you want to say to the people, Dylan? I concede the curse is broken. There we go. That was actually what I was going to say. Talk about the curse. There we go. The curse is absolutely broken. Listen, we talked about a pre-pod. Dylan said, oh, you gotta, we got to lose the game. Uh, honestly, I think it was a little bit of me and Dylan both <laughs> not having confidence that they could win the game and trying to, cons- try to think of a way the curse can still be broken. But I, I do not believe in curses. I don't. But... It's the only explanation for the last 11 years of Texas Tech football. It's the only explanation. And I, I, I look, this is, it's the end of, the post-leech era has ended. It has ended. There's no more post-leech talk. I think this game has completely uh, uh, ended that quote-unquote post-leech era. Now we go into the McGuire era, or whatever the era is going to be considered from 2022 on. We'll find out later, but... Um, we can now kind of close the book on Leach. And what a fitting end to the post-Leach book. Thank God it is over. But I do agree, the curse is broken. Jeremy, anything else you want to say to the people? Uh, (laughs) I'd love to sit here and talk about how great it is that we can move past the Leach thing. Um, I know there will still be some people hanging on to that, but it's definitely, you don't have the power you had once. It's over. We did the head-to-head. We figured out what happened. It's done. done. Uh, I do want to say, it was about. It was a little over. It's a little over ten years ago now. Um, 
a tall, uh, a tall, somewhat slender man walked out to me on a football field and talked to me about playing football uh, at the next level. Um, that man was that man grew to be one of the coolest and most genuine men that I've ever met in my life. Uh, Sonny Cumbie is honestly one of the most just honest and best vision casting people uh, I've ever met. Great family man, has a huge heart for Lubbock. Uh, I was sad when he left to Texas Tech the first time. Uh, I was so happy when he came back. It's been really cool getting to see him. Uh, we go to church together. And so it's been really cool to get to, getting to see him again and just kind of like experiencing that nostalgia for myself one more time. And so it's kind of heartbreaking to see him leave again. But what in the best way? I mean, there's never been a man who's come through Lubbock, Texas that's loved it more and loved the people more. I can honestly say that like all the part of the reason that a lot of these athletes are staying and not transferring, uh, it, 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 it's the, 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 just the man, I'm going to ch- get choked up. The heart that he has for all these kids, they feel it. And they believe it. I think Joe McGuire really fits that bill. And there's a reason that McGuire wanted Cumbie to stay on staff. Uh, and I can't blame Cumbie. I can't blame Cumbie for going to take a head coaching position because it's always been his dream. And maybe one day he can make his way back uh, if McGuire doesn't become the penultimate coach. We get five championships or whatever. But um, yeah, just really thankful for Cumbie's time here. Thankful for him coming back. I'm gonna miss him, but wish him the best at Lob Tech. So uh, the king has moved on, and now long live the king. The Joey McGuire era has begun. Dang, who's who's cutting onions up in here? You know, <laughs> who's uh, also slight flex from Jeremy. You know, <laughs> tell him, <laughs> tell him, you know, hey, you know, ten years ago, you know, Sonny Cumbie came to me and was like, hey, you are really good at this football? <laughs> yeah, hey, you know, slight flex. I respect that. All right, humble brag there. Well, so for the football superstar that is Jeremy Gillen, and for the producer extraordinaire that is Dylan Smythe, I am Albie Shore, and you have been listening to. The curse broken podcast that is Tortillas and Takes. As always, stay wrecked, people. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.